Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Again, just just minutes of... Well, when you say deaf flying, Cleves, do you mean deaf as in hard of hearing or deaf? <laughs> well, you know I can't say my deaf. Deaf line. Deaf line. Deaf line, isn't it? Britain. An ancient kingdom with legends of violence, cruelty, and torment in its blood. Join your hosts. Ross, John, and James, as they bravely tread where few would dare. Witness their journey into the horrific history of British horror. They are... The General Witchfinders. Ladies and gentlemen, goblins and ghouls, welcome to the ninth episode of the General Witchfinders podcast. I'm James in Bournemouth on the south coast of England. I'm John Pantney in South Wales, which is in the south of Wales. And I'm Ross in Dorchester in southern England. And today's episode, Mind the Doors, <laughs> we're covering Deafline or Raw Meat. I knew you were going to do that, that, that impression, Ross. I knew it. In the depths of the city, a nightmare grows real. A sinister evil that festered for generations in its moldering tomb. Who stalks those deadly shadows? Whose cry echoes their horror? Whose blood will flow when it strikes again? Sure, he was alive when you left him. How many times? Are you absolutely certain he didn't come up after? Yes. 
He really did. He did not. <laughs> I think we were lucky. Why? Whatever he saw was probably watching us. Well, how could they survive without food? Hmm. Because I should imagine there was each one dying, the others eating. Is there any way out of here except up those stairs? Why don't you? Is there? You tell me! What strange hunger drives it to prey on the young and strong? Cat, are you an experience in ultimate terror, so fearful that no additional scenes can be shown in this preview. Late one night at the Russell Square Tube Station in the London Underground, university students Patricia and her American exchange student boyfriend Alex find an unconscious man on the stairwell. Fearing that he may be diabetic, Patricia checks his wallet and finds a card that reads James Manfred, OBE. They inform a police officer but find that Manfred has vanished. Inspector Calhoun is assigned to look into the disappearance. Calhoun questions Alex and suggests that he and Patricia robbed the man. Calhoun's colleague tells him about the history of the London Underground, particularly the Victorian railway workers who constructed the tunnels under dire conditions, and an urban legend that a group of descendants who survived an 1892 cave-in, still live below ground. Meanwhile, one of the last surviving members of a family of these railway workers watches his pregnant female companion die. Mm. They have survived in the underground by resorting to cannibalism of the patrons. Mm. In an empty chamber, Manfred's body lies mutilated. The man, now left in complete solitude, goes into a brutal, murderous rage. <laughs> Don't we all? Deathline. Uh, premiered in London on November the 7th, 1972, as a double bill with the Triple Echo and was later released in the United <gasps> States Did under the title really? Raw Meat on October the 3rd, 1973, in an edited cut to avoid an X rating. The Triple Echo is a brilliant film. Oh, okay. Should we put that on our list as well then, John? <laughs> well, it's not horror, but I had no idea that they were, were contemporaries. Mm. It's, um, it's, Oh, is it Glenda Jackson? It's Oliver Reed, oh. and it's a man who pretends to be a woman for the whole of the film. It's set in the war, and Oliver Reed has the hots for her, and I think at the end, Oliver Reed kills her. It's, it's like the crying um, game. It's the original it is, crying game. It is a little bit like that. <laughs> Spoilers. Spoilers. It's a yeah. very, very, very good rural thriller, slightly horrorish. It's full mm. of really, really uncomfortable interludes. I can't remember if it is Glenda Jackson or um, the other lady who was friends with Sheila Delaney and came in my mother's shop, but I can't remember the name. <laughs> the one who, is this the one who wrote the uh, those kitchen sink dramas? Yes. Well, that's Sheila Delaney. That is Sheila Delaney. No, she was friends with Sheila Delaney. She did a lot of um, protesting in the late 60s, big, wearing oh. big glasses. Janice Street Portrait. V- Vanessa, Vanessa, no, no, Vanessa Redgrave. Redgrave. Ah. I can't okay. remember, I can't remember, but it's one of those two. It's either Glenda Jackson or her. So anyway, yeah. that's that, a great film. Yeah, but that's not what we're, we're reviewing tonight. We're, <laughs> we're reviewing a bit of raw meat. Oh. 
So um, we watched the I, well, I watched the the version which is entitled Raw Meat. So I'm yeah. not, I'm concerned that I'm watching the the cut version of this. Yeah, okay. I thought that about with about ten minutes to go. I remember I realized because I've got the DVD of Deathline. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the way to spot that it's that you're watching raw meat is the fact that it says raw meat at the start yeah. in the wrong typeface. <laughs> so they didn't even bother to match the typeface to, um, is it Gil Sons or something? Yeah, like it doesn't like Gil Sons. Yeah. 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 yeah so um, it, the, the title sequence is lovely. It's a lovely typeface, except for the bit where it says raw meat. It looks like someone's colored it in with well, a yeah, magic marker. Of course, Gil Sons is the font they use on the London underground, isn't it? So that's is it? Yeah. Well, that's a brilliant fact to start with already, isn't it? Yeah, fantastic. But fantastic. so I really enjoyed the um, the intro uh, sequence, the the very slow uh, uh, pull and focus in and out of like yeah. CD, CD London, Slee London, old Sleazy. school Soho. I've written. Yeah, this is what you always, you always imagined London was going to be like growing up. Yeah, in, in, in like the, uh, the 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 80s. Raymond Review Bar. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was still going to be like this when we went to London as students and uh, stayed in the generator and I stumbled from the tourist steakhouse past the uh, British Museum late one night when I'd lost everyone. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember, do you remember shouting um, Margot at um, uh, Penelope Keith when we was in London? John? <laughs> no. <laughs> I really don't. Uh, of course, the, uh, the, the, the remarkable thing there, John, is, of course, being close to the British Museum means mm. that you were close to the setting of this film, which is Russell's well, question. Exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so who is this act, well, guy, the bowler hat wearing OBE chap? Uh, the, yes. Uh, what's his name? Uh, James Manfred. Manfred. The Manfred. Yeah. 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 So it's an actor who, who always plays sort of an upper James class. James Cousins. So what's he been in before? What do I recognise him? Flowery from? Twats he was in. <laughs> He was in, um, I think he was in Some Others Do Have Him as well. To uh, my eyes, yes, yes. most familiar to me from being in Villain, where he's roughed up and then I think stabbed by Richard Burton, which is the year previous to this film. So he looks very similar because obviously it's only a year different. But um, he's a very recognisable British actor of that era, isn't he? And uh, basically does nothing in this film at all except get kicked in the ghoulies by a prostitute. <laughs> And then gets killed, <laughs> not by the prostitute or the sex worker. Sorry, we have quite a long. The title, the title sequence is quite long with the thumping jazz, Mellotron or whatever it is, Moog. But it looks opening. great, you know, the the colours and I, I just yeah. love. I love John. Is there like a particular film stock they were using this time to get these lovely greens and reds and everything? So everything's so vivid. It's just really uh, it, well. It's it's Technicolor or the Kodak equivalent, which is uh, Eastman color, mm-hmm. and it was a, a film stock specifically developed to be very punchy and very vivid. Yeah, uh, just so evocative of the time. And stuff, I'm but. sure that Technicolor isn't Kodak, um, but they are. I think they were com- competitors. Eastman color is what the Hammer films are usually shot in because it. it um, Rendered red, particularly yeah, vividly. The reds and the greens the, look, the blood. Look, look great in this. Yeah, yeah, it it it's yeah, it's a good start, but I think the title sequence is a bit overlong for an hour and a half film. It's like ten percent of the film. It feels like because it's just him looking at um calling cards and stuff. Yeah, and going in and out of strip bars and shows yes. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, with a card that basically says 
allow this man to do yeah. whatever the hell he likes. <laughs> yeah. It's like, where'd you get one of them? Like, where do you have to, is that what you get when you get an OBE? <laughs> Along with like, the little medal? <laughs> the queen gives you a, you can now be a platinum rogue. <laughs> when you start um, worshipping the sacred satanic rites of Dracula, you, you, oh, you get put into this special club. You get one of those. Let's say, okay, cool. Do we think that this ha- this film is happening contemporaneously to Dracula AD 1972? Exactly. Uh, it is. Yet again, I did think it's another film mm. taking yeah. another... We, we sp- I spent more time looking at 1970s <laughs> London of late. <laughs> So they're friends with Jessica and the other and the group, aren't they? We're a group, grandfather. <laughs> but one of the yeah, things yeah. watching this film, just just seeing the underground, seeing like the sleazy side of yeah. Soho and all that kind of stuff, it was just like American yes. Werewolf and mm. just took so much from this film. Mm. This also seems so familiar, and it was American mm. Werewolf in London, and I thought Creep. This sort of the, the quite um, up to date um, horror film set on the underground, which I watched the next quite day. Okay. Yeah, well, it's one of those things. I say up to date, and it means within the last twenty years. Twenty years, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, was any good, Ross? Um, we should watch Creep. I, I like Creep. Yeah, okay. I watched it again the other night. It, it's there's not much of a story to it. We were, no, okay. it goes on a bit, just yeah. like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> really, James? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, I didn't enjoy it at all. Oh, oh really? <laughs> oh, it was really? dreadful. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> controversial. We'll get into it in, uh, in, in due course, I'm sure. Let's but up. I will point out that I, I worry as to maybe like uh, the previous general witch finders we've done, of course, has been under yeah. lockdown when I've had a bit more time to watch yeah. these things and what have you. Last night, I'd had a 12-hour day, a 12-hour <laughs> teaching day that had a parents' evening at the end of it. <laughs> and then I stuck this on. So I might not have been in the best frame of mind to watch It's a great it. film to relax to. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Prog jazz intro, followed by <laughs> lots of production design of dead bodies. Oh, well, yeah, that, that was a good bit. We meet the two young people um, coming yeah. off, the, off of the very 70s strain and go yeah. through the, the scuzzy, dirty, abandoned uh, underground, and they find the body of the chap uh, mm-hmm. from all uh, do For our international listeners, we should say that not all London tube stations have got uh, escalators. Some of the, some, Lots of them have got lifts, and they were absolutely right. Russell Square is one of the ones that's got a lift. So they get into the lift, which is manned and not automatic. And they go, there's somebody, there's somebody being knocked down out there. And in true kind of English, more than my job's worth style, he's like, I can't do anything about that now, Governor. I've got to go run this lift, don't I? I don't have to plug the phone in. And what have you. And, and then so after kind of bickering with him, they go back down and find that he has... <gasps> Vanish. Yes. Of course. Well, we, me, me and Beck were watching this, my wife Beck, and we were just saying, this is exactly the, the conversation we'd have. She would w- not want to help this person or stop <laughs> in any way. And I'll be the one. And they've been, when we used to live in. Uh, Cleaver like, would identify with him, though. Exactly. So many times he's woken, woken up. <laughs> <laughs> Face <Somewhere>. down. <laughs> it's true. Wondering where he is in, um, in um, oh, what's it called? Welsh Club? Or, no, 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 no. Jago. 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 Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Face down in Paul Park after a night out with James. That was the best one. Oh, God. That was, that was good, that one. <laughs> yeah. Watch the sun come up with a tramp talking tramp. about his ex wife. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Um, yeah, so me and Beck were talking about, because there's many times when we lived in quite a rough part of Weymouth where there would be 
someone laying face down in the road and I'm like, we need to help this person. She's like, no, just keep walking, keep walking. Leave him. There wasn't a, a, it's the law of the jungle, Ross. Yeah, there was, <laughs> there was one point where we was coming home and we live right near the train station, which where um, quite recently to that point, someone had been decapitated in the, in the, uh, in the taxi, Brilliant. in the taxi um, uh, shop. Yeah. And uh, some, <laughs> a woman was running down the road going, help me, help me. And, um, and Beck goes, leave it, leave it. And I was going, no, you can't leave it. And she goes, and then we were, at that point, we were living in the top floor flat of a, a, a of, of a, a house between split in two. Victorian Terrace, wasn't yeah. it? It was a very large Victorian Terrace. Yeah. And the yeah. woman had run into our, into our uh, sort of shared um, hallway and she goes, you can deal with this. And she went upstairs and closed the door. <laughs> and I was going to the, the girl, what's, are you okay? What's, you okay? And at that point, some guy came back, tried barreling into the door and, um, and he's going, that's my girlfriend. That's my girlfriend. And I was like, trying to push the door shut and I locked her up and I go, you're right. And she was going, and then she was in the corner, like just facing the wall with like a, a, the smallest rolled up cigarette, like on the phone to the, to the police going, He's, be, he's had me locked up in the house. You won't let me leave. I've been oh, in there God. for three months and I've just escaped. And I'm going, are you all right? Are you all right? <laughs> you yeah, just a cup of tea. Yeah, yeah. And this guy's like banging on the door going, that's my girlfriend. And I go, she don't want to see you, mate. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> and, I, and then he disappeared. And, I, and she just completely was not acknowledging that I was there at all. Just no. like staring at the wall. And then yeah. she slowly unlocked the door and just disappeared off into the night. And that, no wow. way. Yeah, when I went upstairs, Beck was asleep. Yeah. <laughs> Scenes from a marriage. Yeah. This sounds like the start of a horror film. Yeah. It does. And then you see her every night at the same time, but you time. can just ghostly see through her. Small roll up. I've got many, between her lips. Got many stories like that, but um, just the glow of the roll up. <laughs> John's Society. autobiography. The glow of the roll up. So we now meet the uh the chap out of uh, Halloween, um Donald Pleasant. Donald Pleasant. Yeah. Who is in his police station with a, a roaring fire? Oh, <laughs> how much? How much did we all love this? This room. I love the, the whole room. thing. I love the coal fire. I love him blowing his nose. Um, it, he is on absolutely top form in this part. He stirs his tea with a dart. Ah, oh, it's Gus said that, the, that he's got it's tea brilliant. bags. Yeah, um, the the the. the WPC as she would have been at the time. Julia like, Bravo. Uh, and then we've got Norman Rossington, who is famous as playing the Beatles manager in uh, Hard Day's Night, amongst other right. things. He's excellent. I could watch a series of films just with these two, basically. Um, the, the young couple I'm not interested in. I love what no. the girl looks like. She's got a tremendous hairstyle. She's very pretty. She cannot act for She cannot. Toffee. I've written... Abysmal acting everywhere, yeah. and and the American guy. He's is awful. Too. He's dreadful as well. I'm sure that he was American just so they could sell this. In yeah, America. yeah. America. Later on, featuring the line, "Oh, my books." She says, and she leaves her books on the tube. I'm like, that's the worst delivery I've ever yeah. seen. There is also a bit where they have an argument about her new shampoo that she's just bought that oh, day. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's the most bizarre film. It, it, again, we suffer from the um, the po- problem of um, 
someone writing dialogue for young people and then someone writing dialogue for hackneyed police officers. It's exactly yeah. like Dracula yeah. AD 1972. As soon as Inspector Murray comes into Dracula AD 1972, it really comes to life. Yeah. And it's, it, thank God it happens a lot sooner with this film. Pleasance comes in and literally just chomps his way through the scene. It's fantastic. He, he is really brilliant. He is, a, he is an actor. I, I, I've always been aware of his yeah. name. I've only ever seen him in Halloween films, and, mm. and he doesn't do much in those. Um, no, and I, I never knew why he was, you know, so highly regarded. And he's just absolutely brilliant in this film. This is great. Yeah. yeah, I've put down the Sweeney Viarada because, of course, this this predates the 1970s of the Sweeney, <laughs> and which feature similar kind of yes. no nonsense cops. Whereas, like John Thor and Dennis Waterman were all right. Your nicks, get your trousers on. Get your trousers. What have you? Pleasance is more kind of get your hair cut. Get your hair kind cut. Of, he says, get your hair cut. Where's my football coupon? He says, <laughs> insanely at one point. Where's my cup not- of tea? Using tea bags. They're standard, standard supply issue. now, sir. <laughs> standard issue, yeah. It, it, brilliant. Let's keep the film in that scene uh, <laughs> and forget about. Patricia and um, whoever it is. Alex. They then do, as we mentioned in the preamble, they just do, yeah. and this for me, one of the weaknesses of it, they just give you the explication in one big information dump. And it's given this to us by, by oh. Mr. 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 Bouquet. From keeping up appearances, Clive yeah. Smith, who turns up and just kind of goes, right, anyway, so the whole thing is, is that funnily enough, <laughs> you know, some people, the thing about the tubes is that some, you yeah. know, when they were building them back in the, in, in the, uh, the late, you know, the late 19th century, uh, some people got trapped down there, but you know, they're air pockets and it's big and some people say they could still be alive. And you're like, yeah. if you didn't explicitly How tell us that. Them? Then, By being cannibals? Laws? Yeah. yeah. And, and eating rats. I think it's over learn. I completely... <laughs> I missed him saying all that. I must have done. No, <laughs> you're kidding. So I, it, not until I, I wrote five minute monologue. Yeah, until I yeah. wrote the script for the, tonight. Like, oh, okay, that's what. That's why they were down there. I, I just completely yeah. didn't. I just somehow I didn't. I didn't get that at all. It it is really disappointing that part because it just gives away all the ideas too quickly. Yes, it? there's no absolutely for me. I was just like, oh, okay. Whereas kind of the whole thing of. Who on earth is doing this? And who are these mm. people? If that would have yeah. been revealed closer to the end, I think that would have just had a bit more of an impact. So Clive Swift, so it's interesting to see Clive mm. Swift here because he must have been in between uh, the Souls of Barchester, which is, uh, I think was Christmas 71, and then a warning to the Curious, which was um, 72, where he plays a recurring character, which is quite weird who isn't in the actual M.R. James stories, but he's kind oh. of invented for the TV versions. But it's nice to see him pop up. And you think, oh, you know, what was he up to? Who was he hanging out with? Who did he go for a drink with? You know. I think only you think of these things, John. Well, I always like to imagine what they do after. You know, what car do you think he had at this point? <laughs> do you think he had an Austin 1300? <clears throat> he went to the beef eater, the local beef eater, or the... Um... Well, apparently he's a bit of a, a knob because I'm... Um... Uh, hearing all the things Allegedly. anyone asked him about Careful. anything to do with Doctor Who after is that you, oh yeah uh, well, just, I just heard a lot of um, people who have uh, try and talk to him about him being in Doctor Who and he's not very um, receptive to it do you want me to tell you the oh, story yes. about 
when I saw them filming Keeping Up Appearances in Lamington Spa. Oh, oh, we certainly do. Many, many times I've seen them filming Keeping Up Appearances in Lamington Spa and Kenilworth. What they would usually do was was tow Hyacinth and Richard round on a flatbed truck. Wow. And their rover was on the back of the fl- flatbed truck without the windscreen in it. So when they're driving round Leamington oh. Warwick, they're actually just on the back of a truck and uh, doing this on the steering wheel. Going, oh, oh, Hyacinth, yes, oh, oh, ha, ha, ha. But then um, me and my friend Richard watched a scene once where um, the father, Daddy, was being pushed into the back of Onslow's Granada through the back window. Nice, nice. In a, um, in a diving suit, in a frog suit, I think with water skis on. Classic, classic scene. And that was, seat. Yeah, and that, I think that would have been summer 1995. And that was a, wow. a pivotal moment in my psyche to see that. To see a grown man push through a window in a frog in a suit. suit. Well, they always used to film all the exteriors of um, One Foot in the Grave. Foot in the Grave. Up, outside my in, nan's yeah. house. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bournemouth. Yeah. Bournemouth is One Foot in the Grave. <laughs> one Foot in the Grave. Anyway, so, so back to it. So after this big information dump, we then yeah. get what can only be described really as the first proper horror scene Ooh. as we're introduced to the layer of the cannabis. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. genuinely thought at this point, I thought, oh, okay, after that very slow start and what have you, now it's going up a notch. Because, yeah. you know, they, it's, it's pretty kind of visceral horror, isn't it? There's uh, yeah, people yeah. that they've... You know, earlier victims that they've got and uh, mm, and killed, and yes, yeah, lots yeah, yeah. Of, all, lots and all of that. Of gore. Really, and it's a really long, long gory. pan shot, brilliant. Isn't it? But then, yeah. and, and it's start off with. There's not much noise or much sound. I thought, oh, okay, that's good. And then I've just put in there. There's a, then a really inappropriate soundtrack cue. It kind of goes. Yeah. Well, that's just something to cut the horror. The music at this point isn't very horrific no, or, or even suspenseful. So you've got this brilliant, really long one-take tracking shot, which goes right through this layer and then out through these lovely arches, which are beautifully lit. And then you get this kind of sound montage of the events, the cave-in, which has trapped them all in there, even though they're not trapped. But maybe, yeah. we, yes. you know, maybe, maybe we won't <laughs> mention that part at all. But um, so, yeah, you have that a really amazing kind of like, I don't know, four or five minute take, yeah. which is very interesting. But you have the very odd, again, pseudo sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> he's, when he's just slit someone's throat to try and feed his wife some some raw blood. <laughs> yeah, but the, the, the tunnels in this, I, I am sure they use the same tunnels in Creep because I watched the Creep the next day uh, and it was okay. like... The, this looks like they were filming a lot of the same place. Yeah. But, but interesting fact that I don't, I'm sure you guys have read this that yeah. the man, the camera yeah, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. was, was going to be Marlon Brando. Yeah. And now, 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 just because this is on Wikipedia, <laughs> I'm not, I, part of me thought, there's no way that can be true. I can't believe what is the source of that information? It's not like Brando himself. It's on IMDb wow. as well. So it's, it's oh, absolutely. wow. In that case, it must be the. The case, but yes, that is very, very strange. And my thing, I know John will immediately know what I'm talking about here. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's see if Ross does. When we see, uh, you know, the main, the man, the cannibal, Jethro Tull, yeah. Aqualung, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has, a str- and then that set me off on a bit of a Aqualung riff, and I looked into it, and insanely, 
Aqualung had come out a year before this. Oh, interesting. And then that made yeah. me think, I wonder. And then when I looked yeah. into it, it said that the cover of Jethro Tull, the mm. prog rock behemoths, mm. the, you know, of their album cover, Aqualung. Legged, uh... Ian Anderson, yeah, you got it. Yeah. That the cover was based on a series of paintings of homeless people and tramps that yeah. Ian Anderson's wife had done. Oh. No way. Yes. Well, that's so. I think that then part. Of, so I part of me thinking, oh wow, that's you know kind of odd, weird connections to yeah, that is all, all of this. But yeah, that was definitely the vibe. And indeed, Ian Anderson himself, because he kind of dressed up, didn't he, as character? Very so much. So I did just so. was expecting him to break out the jazz flute at any yeah. second as well. Well, there's plenty of jazz flute going on on the soundtrack, <laughs> isn't it? Um, <laughs> I'm just watching it as we talk. They're doing the very slow um, move yeah. around this, this mm. and um, as well as watching Creep the following night. Yeah. Mm. Lots of inexplicable light sources are on this. Like, how is this lit? You know, if, if they are, <laughs> where's the light coming where's from? Where's the light from? Yeah. And, and also, there are lanterns um, lit around to do some, yes. of, some of the lighting. Yes, but there, there's a point later on in this where it looks like he's getting the final bits of oil. Out he's of run out of oil. oil. Yeah, 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 what yeah. from Victorian mm. times? From like, yeah. from seventy years ago. Don't a lot of oil. Are they just wasting oil? Like lighting <laughs> bits of remember, bits Ross, of, Ross, remember. He can get out of the tunnel. At he any goes point. and grabs people. He can just walk out at any point. Yeah. <laughs> because I think I completely missed Clive Swift's um, uh, exposition. Yeah. I thought that yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the women, he, that woman he had, was someone he had taken and impregnated and Ooh. was trying to mm. reproduce with. Because later on, when he get, puts mm. jewellery on her when she dies and puts her in like a kind of a vault, and you yes. see all yeah. these other bodies in there, with yeah. they've all got jewellery. I was thinking, are these all other women he's he's caught at some point tried to impregnate and they've died over this period of time not all of them but maybe some of them yes yeah, yeah. i've got to say at this point that the production design for these parts is astonishingly yeah. good his makeup is incredible his wife's makeup is incredible all the corpses are incredible the gore is incredible. there's a lot of real meat in this yeah it, lo- it in looks comparison years ahead of its time of dracula 1972 it's a different plan this to all the hammer stuff we watched yeah this is by far they they would they would cut away from so much of this stuff oh god yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's so yeah. it's interesting I, I would like to watch the other cut of this to see what, if this is the edit, what the other stuff is. That's well, there's, like, there's, there's people hung up on the wall with flayed faces. This is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, when was um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Uh, after this. 76. Yeah. 74 or 76. Which is seen as like a groundbreaking. Yeah. Mm. I think this foreshadows that. Exactly, like, yeah. There's, there's lots of similarities. I here. think but you're absolutely right. You know, of course all of these things we're looking at, products of the time, and this was designed to be a B-movie and all the rest of it. But as I was watching it, I thought the main bit the trick that they, that they missed here was, for me, what is scary is you know, not being able to see what's in the dark mm. and not knowing what's out there. And one of the, I've made reference to two modern horror films. The other one I'll come back to later. But this one, I thought The Descent, and we're talking about possibly doing The Descent later on. Mm. And The Descent absolutely gets that right. Mm. And the whole notion of, it's someone who's very comfortable in the dark mm. and you are not. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I thought that is really what they should have gone for. That mm. there is somebody who has spent their entire life in these tunnels mm. and knows the back to front. Yeah, you yeah. don't. Yeah. And mm. it should have been much closer in on as people go down into the tunnels. Yeah. Mm. Closer in on them, 
And that's that. Well, you definitely of, you definitely get that in Creep as well, where you know you're in someone else's environment. But I mm. feel like same in Creep and in in this film. Mm. It's implied that this has been going on for years and years and years, yeah. where like the people have been take been taken and eaten or or, or taken away without anyone noticing, mm-hmm. really, up until this point. And it's it's almost like why why is this suddenly escalated to this point where this person's gone on a massive massive spree of like completely killing everyone and it's kind of there's no why ross you never need you never need to question that when you're watching a horror film keeps because that's otherwise well written you know it's it would just be the guy sweeping the floor or something for an hour and a half because he would just be having a day off but But the other other thing i was thinking is what like if this was victorians who were um trapped in there so mm. that and, and this is something that's people they would have been trapped in there for like over sixty years. That, that's, yeah. that's, well, there's generations of them. They, they, yeah, they, they, they said saying. there were men and women in there. Yeah. So, yeah. and it was only the strongest survived. So they've they've been but, able to reproduce, but but lost the the um the, the power of speech. But it's all in one generation. Exactly. Again, something where I feel <laughs> they missed the trick because most of the dialogue it was like the last twenty minutes of the film is. <laughs> 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 oh my god it's like, somebody say something <laughs> i think that 12 hour shift probably didn't it didn't this is the point where we have the the the, the police go to the home of um our obe um what's his name yeah james Manford, and have a look around civil service flat mcguffin the money question mark so I think this is an interesting way that they go into this film and then they totally lose this plot. And it's a bit disappointing. A hundred percent. You kind of think that this there's a bit of... Um, what's Sherlock Holmes's brother? I can't remember. Mycroft. Mycroft. Yeah. So you think it's all a bit Mycroft Holmes and it's all a bit like, oh, what's this guy been up to? And, and yes. you know, is it some kind of double dealing? And Has he got something to do with this? Yeah. Uh, the, the, at the return of our Satanic Rites of Dracula theme, people yeah. in high power are up to no good. Yeah, which would, make se- which would be more interesting than the fact that the, the two young people somehow have got, uh, end up getting embroiled in this. Like they, they get encountered at the beginning and then they got brought back into it later on. Yes, exactly. Which is like completely unbelievable. Whereas you feel like if this guy had something to do with like, you know, the, the covering Keeping this up. Keeping it secret. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. 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 But, so but they find gone. that he's got a sex dungeon with CCTV in. Yeah. Um, and Brilliant. then they turn around and who's there? Big Chris <laughs> Dressed as Mr. Ben. <laughs> <laughs> And he only did this film because he wanted to appear with Donald Pleasance, but then they don't Correct. appear in any scenes together, according to Wikipedia, because Christopher Lee is too tall. <laughs> difference between them. Amazing. Which is amazing. But again, look, looking great. Yeah. I, I, I never, until we did this podcast, I never appreciated how cool Christopher Lee was. I think... <laughs> I think Especially I only saw the stuck on the stuff. Yeah. What I what I thought as well as I was as I was watching this uh, and I got I, like you guys I read that thing saying that you know he worked for scale so you know he wasn't really paid anything for it. But what I thought is hmm really when you look at Christopher Lee's career he basically just used to do three days work and bugger yeah, off. Exactly. Didn't he? Yeah. He's never with the exception of probably the original Dracula yeah. man with a golden gun that's probably the biggest shift he's ever had to put in, in and his Saruman. life. <laughs> 
well, even then, how, how yeah, probably Sarah, you know, I haven't seen those films for a very, very long time. But yeah, but if you think about it, like, and, you know, and the Star Wars prequels, it's only a couple of scenes, really, and then a body double a lot of the time. <laughs> you know, as, as we've seen, um, Satanic Rites of Dracula, three scenes. He's a savvy chap. He was, in over 200 films. What was his 200th film? Oh, I don't know. Released, I think, in 1990. Oh, um, was... Charlie Wally Wonka? Charlie? Charlie no, Wally Wonka, no. no. It wasn't Charlie <laughs> Wally Wonka. 1990. <laughs> it was a sequel... Gremlins 2, the new back. Yeah. <laughs> well done. I remember being a feature on TVAM at the time. But, it's yeah. fucking, but you look how many films him and um, uh, Peter Cushion did, though. Uh, pros. They absolutely pros. Absolutely yeah. the, the year he did, he did Horror Express, I think um, Peter Cushion did 15 films. Considering that was the year he was like, he was <laughs> like widowed and mourning. Yeah. It's, just like, it's just mental. Well, this is, this is the same year as Horror Express and Dracula AD 1972. There's this. Then they did Satanic Rites of Dracula, like... Nine months hmm. after or something. They must have been having such a wonderful life. Like <laughs> They must have been having such a wonderful payday. <laughs> All work is good work, darling. <laughs> All work is good, darling. You know, you're very actor. Yeah, so he's in it for five minutes. <laughs> doesn't do very much. And then basically sets up the MacGuffin and kind of destroys the MacGuffin in one go. Should I should I um, explain what a MacGuffin is for people that don't really know what a MacGuffin go is? For it. Yeah, go yeah. for it. So MacGuffin is a Hitchcock kind of convention where you think the film is going to be about one thing and then usually in the first act, that thing is chucked out with the, with the dishwater. So most famously, it's Psycho, where Psycho starts with Marion Crane um, stealing the money. the money. Yeah. She goes to the motel and then um, she's murdered and then obviously the film twists on that and then and the money's put in the car and the car's put in the swamp uh, yeah and then and then it's all about who who murdered Marion where where this film is is quite like that it's like this guy is murdered who is the murderer but I don't think they develop it quite enough it's quite interesting in this one scene but this is a scene that's like four minutes long. And then mm. made him put in because Chris Lee said he would do it. I think. <laughs> yeah. And so they can pick Chris Lee in the titles and on the yeah. poster. And he's got a much bigger type uh, font size than everyone else uh, in the uh, title sequence. I really like the part where um, Donald Pleasance calls Norman Rossington a pompous ponce, which I think <laughs> is brilliant. You pompous ponce. And then the, the bit where Chris Lee is talking to them. It looks like he's breaking the fourth wall because he, he's addressing the camera the directly. Camera. Mm. He's looking straight down the barrel. He's not looking to one side. And I did find that weirdly disturbing. I don't know what I get so bored with ordinary bars. So I come here. It's a bit off the beaten track, but the people are interesting. Glass of the unusual, Mr. Pleasant. Thank you. Most of them drink pills from Holston. It's still brewed and matured in Germany, and when they mature it, nearly all the sugar turns into alcohol. Wonderful. I have mine from this, this distinctive bottle, but some people prefer the can. Pills, the odd lager from Holston. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So then we, we go back to the young couple's flat, which I was saying to Beck that I can remember, yeah. like, my childhood looked like that flat. Yeah. 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 That gas cooker. The gas cooker. Did you notice just yeah. American paraphernalia everywhere? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Jimmy, poster. Jimmy if we posters. have If we have got any American listeners, they'll tell us. Because I don't think, like, if I went to, to live abroad... I don't think I'd just have like yeah. pictures of, I wouldn't have the like queen. the Union Jack up. I wouldn't have like yeah. pictures of Britain around and things Beef like that. Eaters. Oh, just to remind me that I'm British or anything Busty like that. It, it's, but yeah, because it's things like he has all kinds of very weird kind of American paraphernalia up, which I just felt they've yes. just gone, we need to remind the audience he's American, darling. We need to remind the audience he's an American. Is there any American paraphernalia you can find in the... Uh, Secondhand chunk shops of, uh, of, of, of Peckham. Uh, away you go. Here's to Bob. Portobello Road Market. Yeah, you go. All that, yeah. Then cut back to the um, cannibal's lair. It looks like the cannibal's wife has died and he's trying to uh, bring her back to life by shaking her around and grunting at her. Lots of straw. Where's the straw come from? On the- I've, I, I wrote down that brevity is not the keyword of this film. It's very long, long <laughs> scenes. And I thought, well, bearing in mind that, you know, in most horror films, you know, the antagonist or, you know, the monster himself is kind of kept in shadow to a certain degree. Yeah, 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 you don't yeah. really, with this one, it was almost kind of asking you to empathize yeah, exactly, with him. Yeah, it was yeah. just like, he just had a shit lot in life. I think that's a big part of it, that you are meant to kind of empathize with, like, this guy is the last of his line. His wife hmm. just cocked it. Um Everyone, everyone else is just on a rack. 
pets uh, in, in the room five. with all the mummied five bodies. Imagine what that place would smell like. Uh, they did <laughs> say at the end, this place stinks. Yeah. But not, not, not enough to vomit, you know. They, no, okay. <laughs> they, were, they need tough London coppers from the 70s, Ross, that's why. So go back to the man. The man, the, yeah. the cannibal mm. man, is he an actor we know? Has he, has he done no. anything? Uh, well, we can Google him and find out, but I don't know him for anything else. I mean, I actually think he he manages with the shortcomings of what he's being given here, he actually manages to give quite a good performance as a, a, a screaming lunatic whose only words are, mind the doors. And the yeah, guy, mind the, doors he yeah. doesn't get to say until right at the end. Last fifth, ten minutes. Uh, <laughs> Although, the mind, the mind the doors bit is something which my parents have been saying to me like, yeah. all my life. And I've yeah, seen yeah, this yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. just a little window into my upbringing. Yeah. <laughs> So then the next bit is one of my favourite parts of the film, and it's the immortal line, what's the matter, Terry? And this is because <laughs> the uh, three guys are walking up the uh, platform. Yeah, when, when I, I don't know if they're cleaners or whatever, what they're meant to be, workers, workers. of some kind. The, the station is closed at this point, and then, um, <laughs> and then you have the brilliant, pivotal scene of the lights flickering. He shouts, What's the matter, Terry? And then Terry comes around the corner with a shovel stuck in his head, <laughs> in his head which, is, which is absolutely brilliant. But it's what they did. They've cut out a bit of the shovel, haven't they? Yeah. And he should put it over his head like Glued that. Glued it yeah. to his head. His and, head. He's, and he's trying to balance it on. You can see him trying to balance <laughs> How he would still be able to walk with a, with a shovel stuck in his brain, I don't but know. But this is the part but, of mutual murderous rage, which I talked about. This yes. is, and this is where he gets the damage on his head with a very slow pounding by a broom <laughs> on his head. Broom. If you get hit on the head with a broom, I don't think it's going to hurt that much. But then he uses the same broom to, like, the broom handle. Impale and some, some viscera. Dangling yeah, off the end. Know, wispy, wispy viscera. A balloon. Yeah, it, does. <laughs> yeah, it sticks out his wispy back. Wispy viscera. And then, yeah, Wispy Viscera. <laughs> Great I, name I, for I band. saw them live. Yeah, I saw them live supporting <laughs> yeah. the Flaming Lips. They're amazing. John Peel. Um, exactly. And next we've got Wispy oh, Viscera. Wispy Viscera. Speaking of John Peel, I oh, never realised yeah. that one of the guys who is a follower of ours on uh, Twitter is a guy oh. on the Yeah, Simon, Simon Love. Yeah, it did, I, it never occurred to me. <laughs> and they played on John Peel's show. Yeah, they did, so yeah. And I, and I was working late at seven at the time and I yeah. texted them and they... They read out my text on that and captured no it. Oh, hello, Ross. Did they? I didn't, didn't realise that. Yeah, that was wow. Cool. Oh. Yeah, so, hello. After the murderous rage, it then kind of cuts to, he's a very pithy coroner. Most coroners are extremely sombre and, you know, the, the, the damage here has been utterly massive. You know, the, the huge amounts of uh, impacts here you can see. Whereas this bloke's like, oh, look at this lot, eh? Yeah. I think he goes, look at this one. Gone right away through him. <laughs> you know, he's, he's very kind of like lackadaisical for a coroner. They pay a lot of attention to the black guy who's just—he never says anything, but he's always forthright. Yeah, that's filling weird, out a little um, form. And stuff. It's a weird composition, isn't it? The guy that has he got dreadlocks as well? No, he's just got a, a lot of Afro hair. It's—it's uh, it's quite interesting because there's two black characters in this film, albeit small, small characters at, on screen. It's quite interesting to see black people represented in British horror films because I've got to mm. say they've been incredibly rare up to this point. I think yeah. the only one I can think of at the top of my head is is the black vampire lady from um, Satanic Rites of Dracula. Rites of Dracula, yeah. I can't. But there also um, um, Johnny Aquilar's girlfriend. Oh um, yeah, Marsha yes. Hunt. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got rolled yes. into the river. She is. Um, she was kind of kind of independently famous at that point, though. So she doesn't really count. She, I think, she was Mick Jagger's girlfriend at that point. So yeah, we um, mentioned that in our first episode. If you haven't listened to that, guys, it's a great episode. It then cuts back to the students, and I've just put more utterly banal, Friday, <laughs> more dull, boring shit. As again, I just don't care about these two at all. No, they're, they're the weak link. And I do think they make the film feel quite episodic because the police, the police stuff, the stuff with the, the you know, the intrigue and the, the, the people in high places kind of melodrama, mm. all that's very good. And then it cu- cuts back to them and they're just a couple of drips, aren't they? What I do like then is that it cuts to... Um, our heroes, uh, Pleasance and Rossington, in the pub, where they're eating <laughs> sausages off a plate just on the oh, bar. And I that made me feel so like nostalgic. I just wanted to be in the oh, pub. I was hungry. hungry. <laughs> delicious. Well, I can't think of anything better to do than eat just sausages off sausages. a plate in a pub. I wish I could high five you now. The pub looks amazing, doesn't it? It's a beautiful looking pub. Yeah. And then they just decide to get pissed. And then there's a, a really weird scene where they seem to be improvising and they're just playing pinball. And he starts going on about the Queen. You're like singing the national anthem. Yeah. And the queen is mad. And going, oh, well, I'm on 30 yeah. a week. And he does. And I, I put, what is the point of this scene? It's <laughs> nothing for the narrative. Nothing. I love it. makes it. the film 200% better. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and maybe not ever want to work in a pub. And he's like, oh, you crazy coppers. Oh, I'm going to lose my license. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, it's, like it's 1974, so therefore chucking out time is about 10.20. <laughs> no, it's very exciting. That's one of my favourite scenes. Cut back to um, the man who's, who's who's nursing his the wound where he, he got inflicted by yeah. the, the, the slow impact from the, the broom. Just to remind you, he's got a bad head. Yeah. But then we also go to the college. I'm assuming it's a, a university bookshop where they've got. Yeah, it looks great. I just, I just love. I want to go to this yeah, bookshop. Like the bookshop. They've got the whole wall of all the all the penguins, penguins orange, the orange yeah. spines. Yeah. yeah, why to go and get this the student to come to the police station so they can ask him one question? Then it doesn't. The that part makes no sense at all. But then we do have a really a good jump scare where we the, the teenage couple or whatever they are. I don't know if they're teenagers are finally separated and we kind of feel like we're heading towards some kind of like dramatic uh, conclusion where she leaves her books on the train, gets off the train, and she's like, I've left my books on the train. So the boyfriend, Alex, runs back on the train. The oh, door's the closed. worst acting. Oh! The, the train goes, but then there is a genuine jump scare because I, I've yes. forgotten it happens where the guy comes around and he's got his hand over her face and his hand looks absolutely disgusting. Like, again, the makeup just excels itself because it doesn't look like he's just wrapped in toilet tissue and, like, copy decks or um, PVA. Just previous to this, we, we, they've got some version of the of the, the plague or something. Well, we find oh, that yeah, out, yeah, but yeah. then it's... that's not... Um, <laughs> that goes nowhere and is never mentioned again. They, this person has never seen sunlight, wasn't it? He kind of like, managed to <laughs> yeah. intimate that. He's like, got very low iron yeah. or vitamin D Which is or something like that. Like, but it's like, oh, uh, I'm interested in that bit, what you were talking then. But um, do you want? are you going to elaborate on that part? Or, oh no. The not. American student decides to take matters into his own hands... Very slow, Daniel Moore. 
He goes down to try and find her, manages to find his way down into the secret layer. He hears, um, we learn that... Looked in some really cool shops on the way. <laughs> yeah. Like night open all at weird times. Yeah, yeah like a fish and chip shop and so and things like, like desperately looking for her. He, fi- you know, he kind of managed to think f- of Rocky with the, um, <laughs> oh. the pet shop. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're the only person in history to have thought that, but nice. And then, we, you know, meanwhile, this is cut between, you know, the man, the cannibal, as we kind of, he is trying to suggest to the kidnapped woman that he wants her to be his new mate by just saying, Mind the doors, mind the doors for people. Yeah, well, I've said she wakes up cuddling a septic boil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how many times has Helen done that, John? <laughs> I mean, it, it is it, the, the plotting and the kind of it's mainly the plotting and a bit of the dialogue of this film is pretty shoddy, but I do think the actual horrifying aspects of it are pretty horrifying because I think the production design is so good you can't fail to be kind of grossed out by her waking up and then this fucking creepy guy covered in boils with like spit hanging out of his mouth lots of spit well. Try, yeah. trying to oh. use the power of drool to oh, win her over in some like, way wasn't it mate just get your boils and your, your boy like septic head away from me it's disgusting what was, what was frustrating for me is that she hits him around the head and that de- incapacitates him at one point surely you would have realized at that point that all i need to do is hit him around the head is hit him around the head <laughs> just go back and kill him well, yeah. yeah but yeah but panic i guess people <laughs> in a panic situation I yeah guess. you didn't see him get hit around the head with a sweeping brush cleave so I it's not yeah. to know <laughs> If you're the character, you're not watching the film, the film are you? Oh, okay, you don't yeah. know. Um, so then, it really, it's a very kind of slow chase sequence where she runs away, he follows her, shouting, mind the doors, and Alex, the, the fairly, you know... Which is iconic, boyfriend. It is iconic. I do think that that's really clever, and I do really like that part, but I, I got a bit frustrated with the boyfriend, Alex, just stumbling around stupidly in the dark and not hearing anything and could have been done a yeah, lot better not hearing anything because she's screaming blue murder and then he, he 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 doesn't seem to hear that until right at the last minute and then he calls her name and then she shouts out alex while she's being yeah. molested yes if this is you and your partner you would be yeah. shout to Hit him in the head i've hit him in the head before you know, and you would be talking not just like ah 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 I Again, think, like, you would just, be... just minutes of... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, alive. That's going to be the pre-title uh, I know. Isn't it? <laughs> be, you would communicate with each other. I feel like you would work better as a team to defeat, <laughs> defeat the person who's um, trying to attack you. Next time you're attacked by a cannibal on London Underground Cleaves and Beck is coming to your assistance, I want to find out what you discuss with her. I think me and Beck would be absolutely... We would destroy them. Here in the head. I know that someone has pissed on your leg in a festival and all all he's said is, I'm sorry. No, I I poked him in the eye, John. Oh, you poked him in the eye? I poked him in the eye. And I know... 
but you were once urinating in a in a in a, in a public toilet, and a man asked you to hit him. No, the, man, the, the man, the man attacked me from behind, and I fell, and I fell, I fell into the urinal, and then he asked me to hit him. Yeah, and what yeah. did you do? I, I punched him in the face and tried to roll him onto the railway tracks, and then the police stopped me. <laughs> Again, why this is you, more exciting. Why were you, you in a public toilet because I needed next a piss. to rail, railway tracks? Because it was in a train station. All oh, right, I see. Yeah. Well, I broke my hand punching <laughs> So next time a cannibal's coming after you, you're, you're going to... Have the full thought, are you? I think that I would, I I wouldn't get into any of this trouble in any of this. Well, I simply would not be kidnapped by the cannibal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I when I watched um, Whiplash, a film that I absolutely hated. Me um, too. By the way, <laughs> yeah. I hate the, first, the first thing I thought was, if this bald bastard was talking to me like this, I would just punch him in the face. And that would be the end of the film. It's, Ten minutes it's into an the aside, film, John. It's an absolute yeah. like the ridiculous thing is when he's in that car crash, a oh. proper car crash, and goes, "I have to get to the rehearsal." Oh. It's like, mate, that doesn't happen. <laughs> no, you would go film. to hospital. Ooh. Yeah, I, I, and then, oh, oh, I've quit, but I've still got. Un- oh no, I, it, it did nothing for me at all. Nothing. Idiotic. Anyway, film. that's an aside. That's another podcast. Whiplash <laughs> <laughs> cast. I'm watching the film as we're we're doing this. We skip shit loads, so that we um the the police just turn up. There must be a scene cut at some point, and the fact that they just turn up and are there. They they found their way in. It's weird, but I think they find the scene and they're like, "You talk to the police. You wait here. I'm going to do this." No, but that's the bit that I, that's what the bit that I really like. Yeah, because it because felt quite real. It felt felt quite real. And we've watched so many films where the action is finished, and then it literally says. The, the end. end. The train goes off the cliff and it finishes. It, it, you're just like, what? Hang on. Dracula AD 1972. The end. Satanic Rose of Dracula. The end. You don't even see the characters reunited. Just assume they are. They come in and they're, they're just like, this is disgusting. Like, it, it stinks. And then the, um, the, the line, what a way to live. And I think that really summed it up because it's such a low-key, quite dismal, mm. miserable film. And I, I think it, it's very, you know, the humour is really black humour in it. And I think Donald Pleasant, I think without Donald Pleasant, this wouldn't be a very be good shit. film. Yeah, I wouldn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't mm. have the notoriety it's got now. No, and I, and I think he really, sing, almost single-handedly lifts it, like, leagues above loads of other stuff, yeah. just by mm. playing this character yeah. in this really atypical way. But he, But he doesn't make him, like unbelievable either no he no, puts no, him no. across as amusing and entertaining yeah but also eccentric but believable. exactly yeah yeah, yeah definitely as, definitely as we're coming to the end there were two films that it, that kind of came to mind when i was watching it you know so first of all was the descent and how i felt that like the descent mm. was the best representation of things in the dark and you know they they understand the dark and you don't the other thing was i thought in many ways have you guys seen bone tomahawk yes Yes, it really made me think of Bone Tomahawk. That's brilliant, I love that. There, there you yeah. go, me too. Yeah. When I saw Bone Tomahawk, I didn't know what to yeah. expect. And as I was watching, I was like, it's, this it's is genuinely creeping me out a yeah, bit. Yeah. But yeah. that is the model, isn't it? Is that yeah. there are some people and they've been untouched by civilization mm. and they're mm. deranged. They're yeah. unstoppable. You know, they can't, not that they can't be killed, but 
they 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 they're going to pull you apart. They're going to destroy yeah. you. And yeah. they are far away from civilization. So as I was watching mm. it, I was like, Blood really? Mm. Yeah. But I was like, that's, that's, this is the, the model, but mm. it just, it needed, for me, it needed way more. And it could have been, because when you're on the tube, and I think for people that have never been to London, oh, if you listen to this abroad, but me too, but having lived in London, the amount of times where they just go, ladies and gentlemen, we're just being held outside a station for a minute. Oh, we'll, yeah. We'll be, you know, and then you're just looking at the tunnel. Sometimes it pulls up. And yeah. there's, or there's just doors that are boarded yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you yeah, do think yeah, yeah, there is yeah. something fantastically creepy about the tube. And of course, there are a number of stations along the tube as well, in case people don't know this, which are now just disrepair. Mm. Mm. And, you know, th- that's where they mm. filmed this. They, they filmed this one in the Strand. Mm. Yeah. Beck went on a tour recently with her parents as a, a present for them of one of the abandoned stations. Cool. Oh, amazing. And, it was, and they had to go down tunnels and there was a point where they said, when a train comes, you need to turn your torch off because it will dazzle the driver. So they had to, mm. when a train came, Stand they all had to turn the their torch dark. off. Absolutely pitch back. And then a train would oh. like, <laughs> go past them. Yeah. Amazing. They went to a station where um, it was a secret base in the in the Second World War. And what would happen Beautiful. is they would have someone who would be at the front of the train and mm. the train would go in there, just the front of the train would go in and then it would stop mm. and that person would mm. come out of a secret door. And Open the door. Up, and then it would carry on. Brilliant. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. And we got this great, like they give us a great dossier, like it's like a secret file with all the information so, about it and stuff in there. Absolutely. So I think like the underground is such a rich vein and such mm. a rich idea of what you could do with, the darkness, the unknown down there, and it does feel like a whole subterranean world. And mm. for me, it's like, oh, it could. Be. As with so many of the things we looked at, I thought, oh my god, if you redid this now, I know. you know, and it's, rather than because I thought rather than having them, uh, them being having the guy being in a virtually mute, I thought, well, what if you have it? So it's like being like some sort of odd religious cult that have mm. gone down mm. there, and people have been told people from the the outer world are all corrupt yeah, mm. and they want to destroy us and they want to destroy our mm. way of life. And rather than just him coming out at, at you know, the one tube station, imagine mm. if they're kind of like constantly moving around the network. Mm. So, so what's going on down there? And why can't we see, you know, that, that, could, that would be fantastic. Mm. Right. So have we come to the end of this then, I think? I think we have. Yeah. Well, um, oh, apart from the, the very, the- very end... <laughs> Where the suggestion oh, is, is that the cannibal is still, still alive. alive. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to make of that. I always Me hate either. things like that. Where it's Me always too. like... He's the bed. Yeah, it's... Um, I always hate kind of weird... Uh, it's all, You always think some kind of crass American producer is like, guys, what it would be great if you put on the end, mind the doors, and you think he's still alive. And Maybe he's still alive. It could be lines, two. Light up the sequel. And it's a guy with a big fat cigar saying, you know, in a Hawaiian shirt or something. John Nathan Turner. And no, it, that, that spoils it. The, the other thing is, is, have you seen the American poster? Have you seen the American poster for it? It's got nothing to do with the film. They tried to make it look like a hor- uh, zombie film, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> the Bloody Yanks. Would we recommend this film? Yes. Okay. Not for me, I'm afraid. Not for you. <laughs> this film... Reminded yeah. me of other films which I really like, so it made me think of American Wealth from London. It made made me think of Creep, but I don't. I'm glad I watched it because it is something which has been a bit of like a family um, uh, sort of touchstone. Touchstone, yeah. Point. Whereas my my mum is really scared of this film, and mm. like, it's always really? was a really scary film. My dad is. If we ever 
mention the um the tube or anything. My dad's always like, mind the doors, mind the doors. <laughs> um, so I'm glad I've seen it, and I think Donald Pleasance yeah. is brilliant. And I'm glad I've seen him in a performance, mm. which I can understand why he is. Got, yeah, why people think he's good. No, I probably wouldn't watch it again. Really? Mm. So what are the scores? What are the scores on the doors then? It's a one for me, I think. <sighs> I hate to be following the but also for me, because at least like Dracula 1972, there were things which I could really laugh at in it. Whereas with this, it was, yeah. it was scant on laughs and long on quite depressing bits, really. It was a bit like, <laughs> and again, after a long day at work, I don't really, I, I will, you know, Asterix next to my number one may have yeah. been a different score if I hadn't watched it after a 12 yeah. hour. <laughs> yeah. John, what are you giving it out of five? Uh, five for Donald Pleasance. <laughs> easily and I think for the rest of the film it's a three for me so an average score of four uh, uh, oh. maybe it's a two then oh gosh it's a down to a two so this is this is probably our lowest scoring film we've done so far yeah I but I think I think Donald Pleasance is a definite five and I think he really pulls the film up by its bootstraps uh, and I bet the director was really chuffed he was there because otherwise I think it would have been a very uh, mediocre film. The production design is great, but I don't think the pacing or the screenplay and the particularly mm. the plotting, I don't think is there's a lot of filler and uh, not enough thriller. It's a shame because it is such a great conceit. <laughs> it has a great yeah, conceit yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah, those yeah. ideas yeah. have gone on to work again. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think that's a very good point, James. I think that if you look at the films, this is potentially has influenced it's a mm-hmm. bit like the velvet underground of films yes. where the band themselves aren't that great and they've probably maybe got like three good songs but they've inspired millions of great bands yeah, this yeah, film yeah. you know we can look at texas chainsaw massacre which i feel like it influenced i don't know if it did for definite but definitely american like werewolf in Mar- london yeah. creep there's loads of other things where i watched it and thought oh my god like the, you know just the thing with with uh, Christopher Lee, I feel like that scene has been done a million times since with like the Sherlock, uh, Mark Gatiss and, and Stephen Moffat Sherlock with, you know, Mycroft turning up and, and giving away a bit of kind of background in a, in a, in a posh suit. I think that's something that's been retreaded many times, but this actual kind of source material, as they call it, isn't maybe isn't as strong as I remember or you two and me noticing the glaring plot holes has kind of made me think, you know, the fact that he can just literally come out of his lair to to, to stab people in the head with a shovel mm. does make you think, like, why doesn't he just go to the shop? What? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Why didn't they just go, go and get help? Let's go. Yeah. Let's go, let's go. <laughs> you know, it's understandable if they were in there and... Maybe if, if it had been explained that there's been some work done on the which line. Is, which has broken the, the uh, thing yeah. through and stuff, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. the fact yeah. that it can in just two come generations, out. In two generations, yeah. they wouldn't have lost the idea of civilization Speech. or language. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so maybe, you know, say that it was like the 1840s or, you know, the first ever line or... I oh, don't yeah. Know, but, be, well, if they be, break yeah, through yeah. to something from the Victorian time now, maybe... You know. Yes. Oh no! Or said it in the nineteen twenties. Yes, but that, that'd be quite. It, it, 
like James has said for quite a lot of these films, like the idea itself is brilliant. The kernel of the idea mm. is brilliant. But I think the 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 um but to not be petty, you know, you're talking about films that weren't designed to be reviewed no, no. in forty nine years' time. I do appreciate because I did think <laughs> this was clearly meant to be a B movie as part yeah. of like a grindhouse night. So, you know, like yeah, yeah, you see yeah, four yeah. films and yes. well, you know, just churned out. So yeah. And actually I get that. is a lot better than I think it was meant and to possibly to be. be. Yes. Because they got Donald Pleasance in. Whereas, you know, I have watched something like um the original uh, Night of the Living Dead and thought, God, this is boring as sick. <laughs> The you know the black and white Romero one just mm. thought this is rubbish. It just looks stupid. Um, uh, and then this, I think this again, right, again that it, influenced so much stuff though. I think yes, it did. But I think this also maybe with some of the gore in this did did influence some of those later Romero ones where the the gore is just nonstop, isn't it? People's mm. arms coming off and you know all guts that being pulled up. Yeah. This. Compared to the other stuff that was going on at the time, this is much, much, much more grim and gory and horrific in terms of like body horror and uh, just corpses and meat everywhere. Try and do something horrific where we talk yeah. about something which we've, we've enjoyed since our last podcast. Has anyone Ross, got anything? It's going to I have been very busy back at work because school has returned post lockdown, so I haven't had time to indulge. Okay, well, maybe I'll do two tonight right, then um, to Go cover on, then. for you. Oh, Jesus Christ. To okay. cover for us. To cover for you. <laughs> no, um, so I was uh, going to talk about Parasite, which is the Oscar winning film from a couple of years back, which I mm-hmm. hadn't seen up until now. And, uh, I was just so blown away by really, by it. yeah, really impressed by it. I loved it. It was really good. Um, and and I, yeah, I felt I had some um, uh, had some horror elements to it. I had had some little links to this film as well. People, people, being yeah, underground, living yeah. underground. I thought it was okay, but I didn't think it was. This I thought it's good. I thought it's forty five minutes too long. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was way too long. But then you could have cut and they banging you over the head. Rich people, poor people. I was like, yeah, I get yeah. it. I get oh, it. I get it. I did. I liked the man who was like, respect, respect. So that was one of them. And the other yeah. thing I was going to cover is something which we just started watching. Um, so uh, Apple TV have got their own um, streaming service, which is a uh, sort of their version of Netflix, but they don't, it's very limited amount of content on there. But I found like, for like everything on there is just really high quality. Um, mm. And something, there's a series on there called Calls. Um, which we started watching recently. And the episodes are probably about 10, 12 minutes long. Uh, and the whole thing, uh, we've watched two episodes so far, and it is just you listening to phone call. What you're seeing on screen is um, sort of abstract machine distorted graphics and stuff, but uh, but also with the text of what the people are saying between the two phone calls. Um, and it, they are very sort of twilight zony. So the first one, uh, Dominic, there are spoilers in this, but I don't want to give away too much. The first one, there's a couple who are... Uh, the guy's trying to split up with his girlfriend who's living on the other side of the country. Mm. 
Um, but while he's trying to do that, she starts saying there's someone outside the house. Um, and then she gets cut off. And then he, the guy, starts talking to his girlfriend, his other girlfriend, and saying, "Have you split up with her?" No, blah blah. And they start talking. And he's just saying, "Well, I'll come, ra- I'll come round later on tonight." And there's a bit in there where he ring, he, he rings her to say, oh, "I'll be, up- I've just gone down for a drink. I'll be up in a minute." And she goes, "What are you talking about? I, mm-hmm. I haven't come home yet." And it's a case of that he thinks that he he's just had sex with his girlfriend, but his girlfriend's mm. not there. So mm. who is the person in the bed? And then, oh. and then there's other stuff starts happening, and it's and then they get the um, the emergency services start getting involved and stuff, and all of, and then it's just like it's a massive worldwide event happening with all this weird oh. stuff happening, but it's all just done through the phone calls. Really good, really like hairs on the back of your neck. The first one's got Karen Gillan doing it, is one of the characters in it, and it's just like you don't see anything, but everything is just in your mind. That's weird, very good. Isn't it? Yeah, very good. So mm. I highly recommend that if anyone can get a hold of that. I have watched the first half of Werner Herzog's Nosferatu, and I enjoyed the f- first half very much. Have you seen it before? <laughs> no, I haven't. So that, that I saw that version before I saw the um, the original black and white one ah, okay. as a kid, and I can remember just being terrified by <laughs> by th- that version of us. There's, there's that shot when he sort of um, he's biting the the neck, and he sort of comes up, and then he has to. Yeah, it's just I can remember just being so frightened of that version. I, it's very, it's the the progress of it is stately. I, it, it's not a rip roaring film, but I think that's the idea of this weird kind of dread uh, that kind of lingers throughout it. It's um, beautifully shot. It's very weird. It reminded me a bit of Horror Express actually, because I feel like all of the characters are like post synced dubbed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the audio is quite weird in that way that you get with a lot of European cinema that um, the voices just sound weirdly disconnected from the action. Um, I have maybe a listener tune in next time to find out what I think of the second half of the film. So when did you watch it? Did you watch that on this Plex TV? No, no, no. I recorded it from Talking Pictures. It was on Talking Pictures the other night on our Virgin Box. And seeing that we're talking about Herzog and Kinski, I will then recommend, if people have never seen it, you must, must watch the amazing documentary, My Best Fiend. Yeah. Right? And it's all about their relationship, Werner Herzog and Klaus Kinski. It's amazing. It's genuinely <laughs> one of the best things ever. It's fantastic. It starts off with Klaus Kinski's, sorry, Klaus Kinski's tour that he did where yeah. he just went around Germany just saying that he was Jesus. <laughs> I just just like one man show on stage and got it all in German translated really upsetting religious people when he's going but I am Christ I am Christ like that people shouting at him like, blasphemy from the and going, shut up shut up you're nothing to me and it's like this is what he was like. <laughs> yeah. You never knew. And it's like, what? I'm, I'm involved already in this. <laughs> and then you know, just one quick highlight from it is um, Klaus Kinski goes, he was, he was having a manic episode and he decided he was too dangerous to be outside. <laughs> so we locked him in the bathroom. <laughs> the next day, when we opened the door, he had utterly destroyed it. <laughs> he had turned the entire bathroom to powder. The sink, the bath, 
there was nothing left. He had destroyed it all with his hands. And it's like, whoa! And it just, it's, you know, that's just two little snippets from how amazing it is. My best themes. Awesome. I do like the making of Fitzcarraldo oh, clip that I've seen yeah, where yeah, yeah, um, yeah. he's ranting and raving, going insane. And then the, the the like the natives are just stood watching, and they're like stony faced. And then they they offer to kill him because he's just so rude. <laughs> <laughs> and again, on the documentary, they say that while well, making Fitzgeraldo, there was an accident, and someone who was clearing like some of the jungle foliage away had cut yeah. off his own leg with the chainsaw. And like thus causing, you know, a huge amount of... And apparently Kinski was livid that the attention was taken away from him while people were dealing with this poor man who'd like lost his leg. It's amazing. You know, it's just like, how did he even exist? How do you live like that? You know, uh, but yeah, but totally worth it. <laughs> yes. So the next episode is going to be a listener's choice episode. So we will be having a poll. We are going to be going between The Mask of the Red Death, yeah, Village of great. the Dam, Ascent, Light of the what? Demons. I'm scared Ooh. to think about watching that again. Or The Abominable Dr. Phoebes. Vibes. Vibes. <laughs> the Abominable Dr. Phoebes. Okay, until, uh, until next time, everyone. Stay safe wherever you are. And thank you for listening. Love, light, and peace. Happy day. <laughs> You have been listening to The General Witch Finders. Support the show and continue the conversation at patreon.com forward slash general witch finders. Subscribe and spread the word at generalwitchfinders.com. Farewell. You don't have nightmares. So this one, uh, this was um, filmed two years after Spearhead from Space, which is, of course, the only Doctor Who story that's filmed entirely upon 16mm film. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.